Hi, everyone. I'm JJ Hornblass, and welcome to FinTech Unfiltered from Bank Innovation, the leading digital news service on banking and FinTech. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the world of banking innovation for the week of September 7. Before beginning, I want to thank Bank Innovation Advertisers Blend, Q2E Banking, and Mambu for their support. Thank you very much to them. And I am pleased to have with me today uh, Bianca Chan and Rick Morgan from the Bank Innovation team. Hello. It is Friday, September 11, 2020. This post-Labor Day short week was back to school for much of America. The, and there was also the announcement uh, this week that the first woman would will head a major U.S. bank, and that's Jane Frazier uh, at Citigroup. Uh, there was uh, tough sledding on the public equity markets and uh, just uh, really unreal uh, forest fires raging on the West Coast. Um, but for us, uh, our week was marked by the presentation of our second annual Bank Innovation Build, uh, which uh, featured both of you very uh, prominently. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a round robin and go through some of the key uh, takeaways uh, that, that you uh, had from the event. And um, I think we're going to start with uh, Bianca. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, so one of the recurring themes that I noticed almost throughout every session throughout the two days of conference um, was the idea of stretching human capital and stretching talent uh, in a purposeful manner. One of the best examples, I think, was our fireside chat, Vanessa Colella, uh, who wears many hats at City, and I think recently in February she just joined on as a head of City Productivity. Um, but it was something that w just came up, it seemed, in every single session. Um, I know that Rami Thabat, who is the uh, VP of Digital Product at RBC, spoke about it in terms of uh, making sure that there's overlap between the innovation teams and the business lines so that the two um, almost arms of the operation can kind of operate seamlessly and together. Herman Mann of Bluevine, Chief Product Officer there, also spoke about breaking down the, the modules between, you know, marketing lines, business lines, sales, technology, innovation, uh, and kind of unifying the team in that sense. Um, Satish Muthukrishnan, who is the Chief Information Data and Digital Officer at Ally Financial, also spoke about human capital uh, and how that's going to be a big part of their kind of innovation journey moving forward. Uh, specifically looking at tapping, you know, your internal customers for almost like feedback and research and development of, of launching new products, um, which is something that they've done throughout the pandemic and something that they're going to focus on moving forward. So rather than looking to, you know, external pilot groups, um, kind of leveraging their own workforce of like thousands of employees. So that was just something. It was hard. Yeah, it was hard for me to, to, to gauge whether these, um, this focus is more a function of trying to is is it is it an issue around uh, more more scarce resources? Is it that um, they're seeing kind of the the budget on the horizon for 2021, and there there's not going to be as much spend, and therefore they need to look at kind of other ways to either 
um, uh, um, uh, you know, get more out of what they have or other other means of kind of of market intelligence without you know you know tremendous spend or is it just you know an evolutionary dynamic um, in innovation? Did you get a sense for that? Yeah, so I do think it is evolutionary just as financial services becomes more digital and more kind of tech forward. But it was interesting, Rami at RBC spoke about how they're not just thinking about, you know, the budget for next year, but they think about uh, human talent in terms of a 10 to 20 year horizon and trying to grow that talent. So I think it's like a very long term kind of view that they're taking on kind of, I guess, nurturing their employees, keeping them happy. I know that's something that Vanessa at City spoke about as well. So I think it's both um, practical and then also um, reflective of where the industry is headed. Right, right, right. What, what about you, Rick? What were some of your uh, your key takeaways from uh, Build? And I should mention that, I mean, Build's focus is on how to do innovation um, in banking. So uh, that probably reflected on, on Bianca's <laughs> key yeah, takeaway. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, what about you, Rick? What was your, what was your sense? Uh, there was a lot to, to process at Bank Innovation Build this year, but I, I think the biggest takeaway for me was that despite all the uncertainty and the disruption to core business lines, these uh, banks and fintechs, they're really not slowing down their internal innovation um, at all. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it's accelerated the needs for these innovation. Um, I remember uh, one of my most interesting points that I heard was from uh, Citizens Bank of Edmond. Uh, Josh Pape, the EVP and chief banking officer there, spoke about how they're actually launching this sort of personless branch. They have a patent pending. They built it all in-house. And they were developing it for the, before the pandemic. Um, and basically, the way it functions is it's a place for cash-intensive businesses, whether they be bars or uh, whatever, to go deposit cash, make change, do whatever. And they needed this before the pandemic because there's lots of probably bars and other cash intensive businesses that are far away from their branches. Um, and they don't have the manpower to just staff a new branch in a random area. So they're launching these sort of personless tech powered branches um, that can do all of these things, but the pandemic has really accelerated the need for that. So instead of, um, you know, shying away from innovation and just focusing in on a few things, they're, they're leaning more heavily into um, a lot of these projects that they had going before the pandemic. Uh, we also heard from Tony Glover um, of HSBC. He's the uh, U.S. head of retail banking there. And he talked a little bit about client onboarding, international client onboarding. And uh, I know Bianca wrote a story about this um, and how they're using biometrics to make that an easier process. So instead of having to visit a branch, um, if you want to move to the U.S. and open a U.S. bank account, instead of having to visit a branch in uh, you know, Singapore or Hong Kong or whatever, um, now you can just start Zoom, take a selfie. Uh, I think you need to uh, take a picture of your passport as well and upload those. And they can do it all online pretty much. And you know, Tony was saying that the biometrics is cool and the technology is great, but it's really just about reducing steps uh, and reducing friction. He talked a lot about how there's a difference between innovating in a way that actually helps your customers and innovating in a way that is cool for the bank. It looks cool or it feels cool. Um, you know, it, there's a, this is an example in his mind of something that, that really actually helps, and especially now during the pandemic, um, to make things easier if you do have to move to the U.S. for whatever reason. So I think that was a big takeaway for me, just that um, 
that that new product development is not slowing down right now, and in a lot of ways, it's speeding up. Yeah, I mean, I, th I th thought that the that what was interesting was, I guess, kind of uh, somewhat similar to what you're saying in the sense that um, I, I was, I think that there has been a more aggressive reallocation and repurposing of development resources at financial institutions as a result of the pandemic or during the pandemic then I think that we realized, certainly I, I, that I realized, I think you, you have, you know, there, there was this veneer or the, on the surface there, banks, you know, many banks were um, trying to, you know, really present the, I, I wouldn't say a business as usual, but, but you know, really uh, um, a, a mindset or a, uh, a perspective of, you know, having things uh, you know, taking taking the crisis um, in, in its in its in order in 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 the mat in the manner in which it, it can. Um, but really, I, I think what I what I came away from build was was that uh, uh, there was a lot more churning, uh, you know, going on underneath the surface of, of the water, um, and um, and and I think that the the other sort of takeaway that I had from that was, and this is, I don't want this to sound bad, but it, I think it's kind of a good thing. Uh, I think that there is a real blessing in disguise, just like so many things uh, with the pandemic, there's a blessing in disguise for banking in the sense that uh, the, you know, this, the, the realization that radical innovation and radical change can happen without, you know, the doorknobs falling off the doors um, is, is possible. And I think it really opens up uh, a really new, you know, mindscape uh, for what is possible and what uh, and where banking can, can go in the future. And that that I think was was a was a key takeaway for me. I don't know if you saw if you felt this way as well. For sure, yeah. I mean, you saw that um, when Stephen Schroth from KeyBank spoke about the kind of agile transformation that they're having uh, and how that kind of allowed them to make um, to kind of rejig, I guess, their digital roadmaps and kind of prioritize um, one feature updates to one feature called EasyUp, which essentially uh, is a savings account that. Um, lets you every time you make a purchase on your debit card it puts money in the savings account and now they prioritized and have launched the ability to link that directly to a debt whether that's um, a, a key bank account or, or another financial institution uh, and he told us that um, the, the transformation to agile now the teams are their squads and they're focused on platforms and capabilities versus spe uh, specific products um, teams and efforts and for instance, a good comparison to show how the agile transformation has kind of accelerated their, their digital uh, production is in 2018, there was uh, 10 releases and updates to their mobile and online channels. And this year they're on pace to exceed 40 updates. So just being able to not only adapt quickly to the changing environment, but just, um, it, it seems like they're set up in a way where they're able to do it a lot more quickly, which I, I'm not sure what it would have been the case. Yeah, I mean, and, and, 
and you know, this has different ramifications for the size institution. I mean, even small institutions that spoke during, uh, or executives from small institutions that spoke during Bill talked about. Uh, I I think that their their mindset is is more aggressive uh, than it, it has been. I think or or faster now. You know, there is uh, Vanessa Colella. You know, talk. You know, she. You know, at City's a whole other realm um and uh which was interesting to hear from her um especially considering she has the you know she wears those three hats as you mentioned you know head of city ventures head of city productivity and and chief innovation officer um but you know her message to the new ceo uh jane frazier was you know kind of interesting to me um you know what she said was that you know she was going to tell um, uh, Jane Frazier was that uh, it was important to maintain tight relationships between city's business partners, uh, innovation arm, uh, and its innovation arm and its technology partners, which I, I think is really, you know, talks to the underlying disruption that we have in the world today. Uh, you know, that this is, this affects um, the implementation uh, for innovation, even at a, at a large institution, um, and just keeping, keeping the, um, the future in focus, uh, whether you're a large institution or a small institution, um, seems to be the, you know, the, the real uh, driver or really the, you know, the, key, uh, um, the key for financial institutions going forward. So, uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, Rick, you were going to no, say No, that, no, that's just a, I thought that was an interesting point, yeah, that, to keep all these people. I mean, I think some other things that I heard that were just interesting was that, um, uh, like you were saying, JJ, that the, the innovation being this sort of out on an island, uh, you know, its own little thing that, that uh, sort of does, you know, um, keeps to itself is not really going to be the path moving forward that that needs to be brought. Um, the pandemic has shown that that, should and can be brought in house without, as you said, the doorknobs falling off. So yeah. that was All right. So now that we're recovered from build, or at least we will uh, be recovered at the end of the weekend, um, <laughs> what is in store for our readers next week? We are going to be 100% focused on just putting out our, our build content into, into news articles and, and condensing. Uh, you know, the hours of sessions that we had into digestible articles. Yeah, I, I guess I, we should mention that there is, there are ways to access that content still. There's a lot of recorded sessions uh, that will eventually make their way onto bankinnovation.net and certainly worth a look. Um, uh, thank you all so much for, for being with us. Uh, we really appreciate it here. And uh, please take a moment to rate FinTech Unfiltered on your podcast platform and email us at info at bankinnovation.net. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, hear, for, hear about what you'd love to, what you'd like to hear on our programs going forward. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, visit us online at bankinnovation.net. Thanks everyone, take care.